There was an idea, the geeks know this, called Geeks with Kids. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people, see if they could become something more, see if they could work together when we needed them to fight the battles we never could, or pod the things we couldn't pod. Anyway, this is Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast from a parenting point of view. I am one of your hosts, Eric, and obviously I'm joined by Steve, Matt, Hawk, and Shouse. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. Hello. You know what's even stranger? There's a sixth window here, and that sixth window is Nick. How's it going, Nick? I am great. How are you all guys doing? Oh, fantastic. I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired of, and my emotions are going through this whole thing of roller coastering because this week we saw Avengers Endgame, and then, you know, tonight is the Battle of Winterfell. So it's just like geek sadness everywhere. The most wholesale slaughter of fictional characters the world has ever <laughs> yeah. seen. I wanted to add that uh, in Magic the Gathering, War of the Spark is also happening, which is basically the Infinity War of Magic. Ten years of continuity is coming to an end just uh, wow. now with many, many characters getting killed there, too. So it is the worst, the worst weekend for fictional characters. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Well, Nick, let, let's, let's, let's do what we do whenever someone's new here. Give us the elevator pitch. Who are you and why do we care that you're here? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent question. Uh, my name is Nick Mailer. I am a friend of uh, Eric's and Matt's. Uh, we know each other from the theater. I'm a film critic. I write for a website called Foot and Friends on Film uh, com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that noise. For the past two years, I've been doing press coverage at the Toronto International Film Festival each year. Uh, I got out to see Endgame night one. Uh, had my review up Friday morning. Um, I was quite impressed, to say the least, and uh, happy to be here. Very excited. So thanks oh. for having me on, guys. Oh, yeah, obviously. We're happy uh, to have, have you. And obviously, as Nick said, uh, uh, Avengers Endgame just came out a couple of days ago, April 25th, 2019. So this is the 22nd film of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, and that started in 2008 with John Favreau's directed Iron Man starring Robert Downey Jr. and a number of other people, including, you know, Pepper Potts and whatnot. You know how I feel about Pepper. Anyway. Goop. <laughs> exactly. Actually, when I was, <laughs> when I was doing the, 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 the pictures for the Endgame uh, Deadpool, I had her picture named as Goop. So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted her to die more than anyone. Well, I, I understand. She was my number one. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we won't we won't get into the spoilers right now because we're going to break this down into two halves. We're going to do a non-spoiler version first and then a spoiler second because it is just a couple days after the, game, the end game came out. And there are a lot of people that haven't had a chance to see it. Um, so we've, all, we've all seen the campaign. Hashtag don't spoil the end game. Thanos yeah. <laughs> demands your silence. Um, and, you know, we, we actually have a lot of friends that haven't seen it yet um, due to various reasons, not getting their tickets, being lazy nerds and, uh, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to wind it back, wind it all the way back. And um, let's 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 talk about uh, there are a lot of parents and kids out there that, you know, haven't seen an MCU film, which seems like it boggles my mind but for those who aren't invested in the mcu or the avengers um i, I just wanted to ask why do you love it and you know let's go from there nick let's go with you because you're the first person on our list so sorry the question was um why are you invested in the mcu or the avengers okay. what, what do you love about it 
I well, I love uh, that it's the perfect execution of superheroes on screen for our era. And uh, superheroes aren't really anything new. They're just, you know, reinterpreted versions of uh, archetypes like Hercules and Zorro and tales that have been told over and over and over again. I'm the kind of kid who loved his cartoons, loved his superheroes. I love quality filmmaking and Marvel really just brings it all together. And I saw Iron Man on the opening weekend back in 2008. I've never missed a Marvel opening since. It just kind of combines everything I love into one gloriously colorful and exciting package, and it brings that inner 10-year-old out in me. I don't have any kids. That's the closest I get. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, there's this article I read on Fatherly just, um, I think, a day or two ago that talked about his dad who um, actually brought his kids to see Iron Man when it came out in 2008. And they were little then, and now they're, you know, they're grown, they're, they're adults. And there's this whole thing about growing with these films. Uh, show us what do you think of that idea, like bringing your kids like back from, you know, when they're little up until this point, like 10 years later, 11 years later. I think that's amazing because like you can go, you can follow them through that whole process, right? You, you start uh, with them when it, when it starts, you take it right to the end and, and it can be this sort of bonding experience with your kids. Now in my case, my, my kids have not seen, they're, they're, my kids are quite little, so they haven't seen uh, any of the MCU films. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my son, the only thing that my son has seen was Enter the Spider-Verse, and that doesn't count as an MCU film. Um, but it is the but, best. Oh, it's <laughs> the whole movie. But in my case, it's just because of the violence, and, and I, just, I, I don't want to expose my kids to the violence at, at this age mm-hmm. uh, and, until they're a little bit more ready to uh, understand it and, and process it. Um, but I can't wait until I can sit down and watch all of the movies through mm-hmm. like on Blu-ray with my kids. It's going to be amazing. It's, it's sort of interesting because, um, um, because these comic book characters are so prevalent in all the marketing and stuff. So kids are getting into it. And because of that, you get like cartoons and other little web series to introduce these characters to these kids. Whereas, you know, sometimes it would just be us bringing our kids to the comic book store to be like, Hey, this is mm-hmm. something we loved when we were a kid. Um, what do you think about that kind of exposure, Steve? Um, I think it's great. I mean, I think that uh, the attention that's been, um, you know, provided by these movies to these characters is uh, is, is valid and, uh, and earned. And they've done a really good job of bringing, you know, what I used to think was, you know, some really interesting and fun characters to life. Um, you know, because, you know, Eric, you, you mentioned in, in a previous podcast how, like, you know, we used to be you know, nerds and, and these types of things were not uh, necessarily uh, celebrated. And to sort of see them over the years, uh, many false starts, I might add, you know, with comic book movies, um, <clears throat> where they just twisted the concepts, you know, so horribly to try to, you know, I guess, make them more marketable. And, and the results were, you know, just, just bad for everybody. And then for them to really just, uh, you know, cut to the core of what makes the character stand out and to be able to do it consistently for 10 years, it really is an amazing thing. Like it, it brings the mythology to life and, and allows so many people to share and what, you know, maybe we, maybe we got to discover earlier, but now we can all enjoy it together. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, now in 2008, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I went to the opening weekend with Mr. Matt Moore. If not Matt Moore, at least it was Stu. And we've gone to a lot of the opening weekends together. Um, and because this is the 22nd film, I thought I'd, you know, ask a couple of you what your favorite, were there any sequences or favorite moments building up to this 22nd, like ultimate uh, film, Matt Moore? 
Just pick one. One, one oh, of your I got to pick one out of just, 22 films? Right. Yeah, just one. Oh, bro, you're killing me. I know. Um, okay. I got to think back to what always jumps into my mind. Uh, you know what? It's it, it, I'm going to take it back uh, to the original Avengers film. <laughs> with the most beautiful sequence ever. Two words. Puny God. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. The, the severe beating of an Asgardian. Because that was just such a beautiful moment where, you know, they have this epic battle and, you know, Loki's trying to have his great epic speech and the Hulk just grabs him and ragdolls him around for a good minute and a half. Um, yeah, it's, good. it's such a good character moment for the Hulk. Like, it's it was so a perfect. beautiful moment and it was made even more beautiful by the fact that it was Lou Ferrigno that voiced those two words in the movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, yeah, they didn't use... Uh, the, the actor they actually got Lou Ferrigno to get those those words in, and it was a great little Easter egg shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just such a beautiful moment. It's one of those moments that they've done consistently throughout all the movies, where they can have these intense scenes and this intense action, and then they can always find a way to throw in that little whimsical one-liner or that little sight gag that kind of just gives you that tension break before the story continues on. Endgame was brilliant for doing that, but all the films mm-hmm. have always been able to have that little. You know, this is really intense, and here's a joke, so you can kind of go, <laughs> and then you move on. For sure. Hawk, what about you? Pick one scene that's probably your hmm, one of your tops. Uh, it might be a little cliched, but it was definitely the airport scene in Civil War. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, even more so than the Avengers movie in that, it showed you, you know, it showed the mastery they had in having a massive conflict with all these characters on screen at once and that, and like the way they pulled it off editing wise, action wise, you know, you, you could see what was coming, you know, Mm -hmm. with the end game just from that scene alone. And that, so kudos, you know, and massive kudos to the Russo brothers and that for, you know, Mm -hmm. for pulling it off and, you know, continuing like to provide us like with the most intense movies we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, They they definitely are leaving some very big shoes to fill moving forward in the MCU. I'm glad. Yeah. They did some good work, especially since they were mostly known for directing community episodes and like um, other other TV shows, (laughs) which is incredible. Um, I think my favorite sequence leading up to this uh, end game was the elevator sequence in Winter Soldier. That is probably my favorite fight from any of the films and um we'll leave it there because i want to talk about more about that but we'll mm-hmm. you know you yeah. know where i'm headed with this yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so um because this was such a big film and um there's that campaign about not spoiling the film uh, did you guys go to any extreme lengths to not get any additional information about the film like yes. up to? i know we all watched the first trailer mm-hmm. some of us watched the second trailer um were there things that you avoided leading up to the 25th let's go with steve first yeah no i i've been trying to avoid trailers uh, in general long time now so yeah unfortunately <clears throat> we were all probably forced to see the first one in front of some film you know but i i think i managed to miss the second one i'm not sure i i actually was going to go back and and check them out now that uh, now that i've actually seen endgame uh, so i i think i've missed it but i also generally keep up on a lot of um you know industry rumors and uh you know background information and i've avoided like a month of it so i have no idea what's coming in the next phase i, <laughs> no I barely is. know what the the, the movie uh, numbers are I, I do know what the profits were but yeah i 
I, I pretty much dropped out of my usual like movie haunts for like at mm-hmm. least a month, maybe two for this one. <laughs> what yeah. about you, Nick? You, being one of the people that um, review movies and stuff, so you're sort of entrenched in the in the media. What do you, what did did you do anything? Uh, a little bit. My my boss saw it probably three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and so oh, wow. I knew like when he had seen it, and he legally couldn't tell me anything. So no problem there. I basically just, I mean, I watched the trailers because I knew they weren't giving up anything. Um, I basically just I avoided all fan theories. I I kind of avoided speculation. It's not and like Steven said, I was kind of I didn't go deep diving into stuff maybe as much as possible. But I didn't. I mean, before Matt like the other day kind of told me his predictions, I really hadn't clicked on anything. It's like I, I know it's not coming from people who are making the movie. I don't even want to know what you think is going to happen. I'm just want to go in there and just have it. And yeah. I guess I kind of did my I did my list like I didn't do uh, I did an article and it wasn't um, predictions. It was just ten things I want to see, and mm-hmm. I got to like seven. I think you said yeah, seven, seven out, out of ten. ten. I was pretty, wow. pretty surprised. Yeah. Now some of them weren't any thing that you know there were some of them were like tony and cap's reunion well you know that was gonna be there no matter what yeah i still stand by that you had the one you had will uh jump in for uh the guardians three i think yes the fact that the beatles song rocky uh, raccoon has never been used in any of these movies is criminal to me <laughs> have well, you have a character Beatles are a very expensive license that's so. true yeah. but hopefully it's volume tasty. three will have something <laughs> they already had a george harrison song in there i'm sure you've got disney plus you've got a character literally named after a song in a set of movies where the playlist of the mixtape is such a huge feature it's just like i'm like they're teasing me there's something wrong for sure so listeners this is your point of no return we are now going to spoiler territory we're not even gonna we're not gonna sugarcoat it we're just gonna spoil the whole film especially since i'm gonna start with the summary of the plot so you have three seconds to to stop listening go see the movie and then come back and you know continue listening on so three two one so the film starts off with the Barton family out on a picnic. It's a beautiful beginning because you see uh, him having the like his family life. He has the little anklet monitor because mm-hmm. he he has the same um, deal that Ant Man had um, during because of the aftermath of Civil War. And then you hear for the first time in any of the films the code name Hawkeye, which he calls his daughter when he's um, when he's teaching her how to shoot a bow and arrow, which is beautiful and i've been waiting for that for for mm-hmm. ages because hawkeye is one of my favorite characters so we we were following their lovely lovely day and then oh the family disappears and you know we know what happened they turned to dust the story continues afterwards with uh, thanos like three weeks after thanos did a snapping and we see that uh captain marvel rescues nebula and tony stark in space this is a very condensed version because i don't want to go too into it so so he brings Tony back. Tony's a little bit pissed off at everyone, especially Cap. So they decide to team up together and go after Thanos because they discovered that the rings or that the gems were used again. Oh no. So they go off to the garden, which is a planet that Thanos was, you know, hanging out at. Um, they rough him up and Thor decides to behead him with an axe. Then we get this a fast off. This Sorry? was after they find out that he had used the gems to destroy the gems. Yes, fair, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yes. 
Five years later, we get uh, Scott emerging from the quantum realm because of a very important rat. It's sort of strange <laughs> to think that yeah. Endgame sort of <laughs> it, it all depended on that rat accidentally pressing buttons. And that. <laughs> Scott escapes. He goes to see his daughter, realizes, oh, damn, she's older now. Then goes off to the Avengers and talks to um, Natasha and Captain Rogers. And he's like, you know what? Time is different in the quantum realm. What was five years for you was five hours for me. And they're like, oh, damn, maybe time travel can happen. So they go over to Tony, uh, Tony Stark and he ends up after, you know, some hee-hawing and whatnot, he uh, decides to, you know, solve that mystery. So they ended up breaking up into three teams and going to different parts in their own timelines to get a stone and bring it back so that they can, you know, reverse things that happen. <sighs> I need a break, a breather. So the three different times are um, the the attack on New York originally in 2012, the whole mess that is Thor the Dark World in 2013, and then the last one, what was the last one? 2014, it was in space. It was oh, uh, a rocket star during yeah. his dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so, through their little <laughs> adventures and them doing the whole Back to the Future thing where they're avoiding their past selves, um, they end up getting the stones, coming back to the present realm, and they, um, they end up fighting uh, Thanos, who gets brought to the future or present um, by... Gamora, wait, Gamora, no. No, uh, Nebula. 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 <clears throat> then a big battle happens. They find out that everyone has returned um, after they re-snapped. And a uh, giant battle happens. Tony Stark sacrifices himself by snapping his fingers and um, making Thanos and people disappear. Then, because they took those stones, they had to return them back to their original times. Cap goes and does that, and we find out that he stayed in the past to have his final dance with, or to have his dance with Peggy. And his life. Yeah. yeah. And have that happy ending. So, did I miss anything before we go forward? Uh, maybe a couple of things. It should be noted that uh, Tony Stark is hesitant to uh, get involved in this time travel fiasco because he's now living in a lake house with Pepper, and they have a three-year-old, well, no, a five-year-old daughter. Five-year-old, yeah, five-year-old daughter. Four or five, yeah. So um, the idea is, which is, is interesting, is that it's not to, to go back and undo what Thanos did. It's to snap everyone back to this new future five years later. Mm-hmm. And just resurrect mm-hmm. them, bring yes. them back without changing yeah. what's happened in the last five years, which is yeah. kind of unexpected. I think we will be talking yeah, about not- time travel in a in a little bit, so there is a lot mm-hmm. of implications from that happening the the time travel and what happened because of that. Um, we have thought I have thoughts about Spider Man. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's go into something fun first. Let's talk about wait no thumbs up thumbs down. What did you guys think of the film? Shows first. Oh, this movie blew me away. <laughs> yes. Thumbs up? I was. Yeah. Is that all we're doing? Just thumbs up? Oh. Because I want to talk about the movie. We will talk about it, but we're going to go into each individual one. You can say what you liked about it. Like, I just, I, I mean, what a fun, like, I mean, I, I know there was, there was definitely the, the emotional part of it. And I think that was super important with, um, you know, being able to see sort of what happened with those characters. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think I had been to a movie in a long time where the audience was as involved as this one, like with the, the cheering and the, and the, um, uh, like it was just amazing. Agreed. Um, Hawk, what'd you think? You mean you went to the same, uh, 
to the same screening. We did I, with ma- massively different perspectives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, you I, and your second row. I, I don't mean ideological perspectives on it, or you know what we actually thought about it. I mean visually different perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> I got these tickets very late on because you know I wanted to be ready for the podcast, but I hadn't really you know pre-booked when it came out on sale. So I did manage to find tickets for opening night in the second row from the screen in an IMAX oh. screening in an oh. IMAX screening all the way to the right oh wow yeah so, so you definitely saw at least you know rocket's arm and whatnot yeah. <laughs> oh you know i could i could see nose hairs at that perspective good um, lord i know <sighs> but it was it was a little disorienting but the, it did not diminish from the impact of seeing it in any form whatsoever and that it this film blew me away and that i mean avoiding spoilers you know i've i've done that you can't help but come across things here and that you heard a little bit about the time travel and that i think i probably heard more from my friends than i did than any spoilers um it doesn't diminish from actually the actual experience of watching this you know because it it will it defies every expectation you had well, what about you, Steve? Oh, I think yeah, I think it was great. I mean, as a film that celebrates a fandom and, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> like Nick, I also didn't want to theorize about what was going to happen. And uh, I have to say it was a very satisfactory ending to what is a, a cinematic event. You know, I mean, I, I got into some debates last year when I made Infinity War, one of my you know favorite films of all time. Um I still stand by that, but uh, but th- I would argue it's it's a cinematic event. It's not it's not even just a movie. It's something very unique, and for them to be able to actually uh, close off this ten well eleven year journey, uh, yeah, it, it hit all those uh, all those things it needed to do. Lots of fan service, but you got to have that, you know, because you're celebrating people who've been with you for eleven years, and um, yeah, I it's just a feat, and so yeah, I was very impressed. What about you, Nick? Um, well, it's tough. Like, as a, I'm a big fanboy and stuff, but like approaching it uh, as a critic, I, it comes down to a simple equation. Every movie has a it has a promise to fulfill. Um, you know, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back doesn't make the same promise Schindler's List does. Avengers no. Endgame. <laughs> Avengers I, I, I would like Endgame. to hear that. <laughs> Avengers Endgame's promise was to fulfill a lot of promises. Yeah. Uh, it's a fantastic juggling act to be certain. And it made a lot of promises and so did all the films leading up to it. And I walked away and basically I just said, I don't really think it leaves any promise undelivered. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. It was great when I left. It was great enough for me to give it four stars and having thought about it for a few days, I can't wait to go see it again. I really do think it is the best film in the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, I think I'm comfortable saying that now. Um, And yeah, man, I mean, it gave you all of the tears and all of the emotional stuff, full throttle. And then even if you're wondering, when's the bang, bang coming? Holy shit. It's coming, and it's the best thing <laughs> yeah, ever. ever. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, I can't say it, it, it had a lot of things to live up to, and I really think it did. That's really all I can all right. say. So what did you think about the film, Mr. Moore? Um, you know what? I <laughs> No, I, uh, Jen, I made the, the great or horrible tactical decision of going to go see the movie uh, at 10 in the morning on Saturday, uh, mostly because I was working – late shifts both nights so i couldn't get out to see it earlier um <laughs> i so i went in there very very tired and already having had two days of you guys telling me that it was a brilliant movie and it was so emotional and the fact that i had sent out my predictions to you know several people on this panel as well as several other people i knew and all of them are 
several of them came back cursing my name saying how the hell did you do that and i said do what and like we can't tell you but you did stuff (laughs) i I was i was way more sly than that You're like, ah, you're kind of ish, right? And I was like, well, I'm always kind of ish, right? <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> I, I knew I was you guys entirely for the whole weekend. I know. Um, but I had a couple other people that I work with, or like, you know, the next day they were basically just, you son of a bitch. How, how did you know? I'm like, because it's what I do. I'm just a weird cinematic precog. That's what happens when you read all these comics and sort of know the, the deal, right? Like, we, we uh. know the world that it's building yeah. and it's not really totally out of the realm of what we've read going, you know, going forward. And I obsessively analyze these things. It's what I do. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember pissing Nick off when I ran into him before he went and saw the force awakens and gave him my sealed list of predictions. And he walked out saying, how the hell did you figure that out? <laughs> I don't know. Guessed it. I, I sort of guessed that one too, unfortunately. Yeah. And I was, I, um, <laughs> but, I uh, give you, I, I definitely give you props, sir, on the, uh, the cap having his life thing. And cause I, I had been avoiding everything and that was the yeah, one thing that stuck that out on your list. I'm like, yeah, if that hadn't happened, I would have been annoyed. Everything else. I'm like, yeah. ah, I could be right or wrong. I don't care. But that made me so happy that I'm like, I called that. Yeah. I smirked in the theater. I was like, good on you, man. Good on you. Yeah. Man. We all, a bunch of us thought about that during our Deadpool, right? We all thought yeah. like Cap's going to, if he doesn't die, he's gonna have that happy ending. And that yeah. was it. We were either like, yeah. he's either gonna die or he's gonna have a happy ending. It was. Funny. I, I had dance. three things. Has everybody done there? Mm-hmm. No, me. Damn it. Sorry. Ah! No. Anyways, you know, I, I, I'm short of it is yeah, I love the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was good. Like, I loved it too. Um, it it does seem like sort of that thank you note to all the fans that have been, you know, watching these films since 2008, and they 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 hit a lot of things. Like there were a lot of cameos and easter eggs that were just for us fans mm-hmm. and you know we'll talk about that in a second but i, I think nick wants to add some I, yeah no sorry i didn't want to jump the gun there um i i think uh, something that i talked to about matt it, it, everything that it did in the end that was so satisfying felt like they'd earned it like mm-hmm. even after over a long period of time yeah. yeah um i just noticed there are six of us correct yeah mm-hmm. Okay, so if we were all Infinity Stones, which ones would we be? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I Please think, don't give me the Soul Stone. That's not fun. <laughs> I think Matt would be uh, the Mind Stone uh, for some reason. And I'll take it. Uh, who would be Power? Hmm. Not me. That's not me. I don't think any of us should be the Power. I'd be the Ether because I'm red and I'm sludgy and squirmy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. I, I can't even think about it. I'll, I'll go with space for me. Yeah, that's cool. I like space. <laughs> I'll take power because there's things that need to be destroyed. Yeah, there you go. He, I would love the, I would love the time. Yeah, I didn't say it. Um, I'm a big Doctor right. Strange fan. So. All right, so. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows what color they right. are. Really, that, yeah. means, that means Shouse is the soul yeah, star. That's fair. Right. Um, so, so we did talk about the Easter eggs and the cameos that um, yeah. happened throughout all the previous films. This one was sort of rife with them, and it was just wonderful seeing it. Were there any that stood out in your mind when you were watching this film? Let's start with Nick. 
Oh, like Easter eggs. Oh, cameos. Yeah, well, there were a lot of cameos from supporting players that I was not expecting, specifically Tilda Swinton, Robert Redford. I I was more surprised by Natalie Portman than any. Although that was bare minimum, though. I mean, yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But But she she ended such a bad like relationship with Marvel. Renee Russo, even I was surprised. She had more more lines in that in this film yeah, than true. the previous oh, two. Tilda, Tilda Swinton, which was amazing. Yeah. I, I, as far as like an Easter egg goes, I mean, the, yeah. I I liked okay, I liked when uh, at the end when old Cap hands off the shield to Sam and Sam looks over at Bucky and Bucky nods sure. in approval. Yeah, yeah. That that to me, yeah. I was like, well, well played. No, that was yeah. it was good. I, I I remember in our Deadpool, I was like, they're not yeah. gonna pass the cap over to Falcon. That seems weird. <laughs> and then they did. Yeah. I was like, oh well, yeah. I'm happy that they did. The I was wrong. How satisfying was? And I I was I was saying this to Matt earlier. Regardless of, I loved the idea, the concept of old Cap at the end there, yeah. mm-hmm. and all of that. But aside from that, how like sublime was Evans' oh, performance yeah. so in that great. scene? Yeah. There was a moment where I was like, did they cast a new actor? Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute, that is him. Holy crap. That was like, that was like Brando yeah. good. That was yeah. really, really something wonderful. That stood out to me. I just yeah. thought he just, he played it so yeah. perfectly. And, you know, they had some makeup. But they, they really, not they really lucked out on yeah. the casting of those, those three leads, man. Like it's so much talent there, yeah. so much subtlety, um, you know, even yeah. maybe Hemsworth, maybe not so yeah. subtle, but his comedic timing. Oh. Yeah. His commitment. You can't, you yeah, can't question I, his commitment. We'll, 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 we will uh, get to Thor. Don't worry. It's coming up. Let's really, yeah, sorry, so, go ahead. No, I, I've spoken too much. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just going to move on to another yeah. person. Anyone has uh, cameos or, or Easter eggs that they enjoy? Shows. Let's go with you. Okay, so I, I don't know if this is an Easter egg per se or if it's got some, some roots in comic lore, and you guys can probably help me with this. But when Cap... Um, basically became worthy to hold the audience yes. in, the, in the theater went nuts and and like it was just in, an incredible sequence and i just had all the hairs on my arm were just sticking up i was so excited watching that and, and i want to know from you guys like th- does that have some kind of mm-hmm. background in the comics that there have been other individuals that have yeah. wielded mule nero in the past um yeah, there's very, very many, few. And yeah, right? Captain America in the comics was in, worthy. Yeah. <clears throat> well, in that, I just like the fact that they actually had that callback mm-hmm. to Age of Ultron. There you yeah, go. They're yeah, all yeah, having yeah. a contest, and, and Cap was the only one where yeah. it budged slightly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and then, he, was, you know, he was like he was very unsure of himself at that point in the in his timeline, right? Well, so, he was still uh, holding on the secret that Bucky had killed uh, Tony's parents. Yeah. So he had he had that guilt, so he didn't you know, he knew that he was, you know, basically harboring a fugitive. Yeah. I don't so. care how on the nose the pun is, but I really believe that a lot of these actors gave their best performances in their respective roles in this movie. Chris Evans performs as Steve Rogers did yeah. come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Steve, any, uh, any cameos or Easter eggs that you enjoyed in this film? Well, you see, I, I think that elevator scene is probably yours. So I'm going to leave that one for you. No, it's up. It's no. up. 
Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I thought that was beautiful when uh, when Captain America like played them and, and did the the Hail Hydra, especially because yeah. that was actually a huge comic book uh, yes. controversy because Last some writer year. actually <laughs> made him a Hydra agent, possibly temporary. I don't know, but it, it was temporary know, because of things that had happened in the yeah. Universe. But it was it really annoyed a lot of people, and and then for them to uh, uh, twist that around and use it very cleverly the, the way they did, I thought that was beautiful. It was oh, so good, so and good. Cinematic, yeah, cinematic in that you think it's going in one direction recreating the whole fight yeah because it looks exactly the same yeah those two little words you know just send it a whole other direction (laughs) oh brilliant yeah that that got another cheer in our audience what about you what did you uh any easter eggs cameos oh um for me probably the reappearance of tilda swinton as the ancient one uh as they find out they've come they you know uh, the hulk is looking for stephen strange at the sanctum uh the ancient one informs him that he's about five years too late and that Dr. Strange is still practicing medicine up the, up the street. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Easter egg, definitely when the Hulk uh, thinks he's pretty much going to take, have to just take the stone in that. And she <laughs> does a little swipe and just knocks his soul out of his body. <laughs> so good. Oh. It was a fantastic reference to, to Dr. Strange. Um, I don't know if that movie shows up on a lot of people's favorites as far as the MCU and that, but it's definitely one of mine. I think that's the road for most people. Yeah. That, uh, the um, the MC Escher on acid scene in yes. New York. I mean, that made Inception look like Birth of a Nation. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What about you, Mr. Moore? Same question. Um, for you. Same question. The, the my my standout favorite little cameo. I, I got a couple. I I mentioned it earlier, and I got to give a shout out to the Russos casting Ken Jeong as the security guard. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. The <laughs> space where the van was being held. Right. I complete, like two seconds of screen time, not a word of dialogue. But I was sitting there, I'm like, is that fucking Ken Jeong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. Who, yes. who is that? He oh, he was from uh, El Tigre from uh, Community. Community. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Mr. So, Chow from the Hangover movies. Like, like it's yeah. just yeah. They pretty much cast every single um, Greendale Seven member in one of their movies. Yeah, the MCU, which is amazing. And yeah, I did I did love that. They even had um, what's her name as in um, the uh, the old timeline. What's her name? When they went to the forties, yeah, can't the elevator. Yeah, I love that. That was great for yeah. me. Yes, that's Nicole Brown. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Nicole Brown. You're yeah. right. Sorry. Um, for me, mine's a little bit more. Um, it's a little more nerdy. Mm-hmm. There's a cameo, not a cameo. There's an Easter egg where um, Denai Garai talks about a earthquake underneath the water mm-hmm. in a certain part of the Pacific, and it's the same part that they talked about in earlier Iron Man um, movies and earlier Age of Ultron movies, and. That area is where Namor lives. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, if, if you're such a nerd. I know. Yeah, I love it. I clocked that too, and I was like, oh, wow. They are literally leaving yeah. that, that Easter egg out in plain sight for everyone. They're pushing it. Like, they've been pushing mm-hmm. it for a little, like, little ones, but that one was a big one. Yeah. And um, if they bring Namor into, like, the Submariner into this, I know it has rights issues. Yeah. Like, has I thought that issue. was still controlled by Universal, right? Yeah. I mean, they've been negotiating with the Hulk, but I don't know. Yeah, so, so they're, they, the, what is, um, what they can't do is do a solo film with Namor. No. But that doesn't mean he can't have a team-up film like the Hulk has been in the Avengers film. Then right. Yeah. Well, there's already been the prediction that he's going to be in the next Doctor Strange solo movie. Yeah, so Strange and Namor. Yeah. 
that that it worked in the comics it, yeah. and you know it works here there, another one of my favorites was the Asgardians of the Galaxy yeah which, I was is, like, the Asgardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. I which is a that. great comic book and I'm glad that they said it and you know and, 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 and on that same vein again <gasps> there's there's two more that I have one and then one that I think will lead into something else uh, I love the return of Korg that made me so yeah. happy yeah. Yeah. and I, he was I, dressed I, like uh, the director too like he yeah. had a shirt and everything it was like amazing. Taika yeah um, <laughs> Uh, and of course, we see the return of Korg along with uh, Meek, with Meek, with, like. with Meek and with with Thor uh, after the five years, which I know we wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, let's just we're we're going to talk about the original six because this was no, their film. The six, yeah. Um, even though I feel like the heart of this film was Cap's uh, story and Tony. And Tony's, yeah, Captain uh, Tony. Just one other cameo that I noticed. I'm sure some of you guys caught it. One of the Russo brothers is in Cap's AA meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Also, the um, in that AA meeting was the creator of Thanos. He's the man who talked. Oh, about. right on. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I can't, I can't remember his name right now. Um, it escapes me. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about the original six. They were the they were the first team up, and they were the. There was something misty when they sort of um, in my eyes when they sort of showcased them in the credits. Yeah. The Star Trek uh, signature credits. Yes. Yeah, the signature, yeah, the Star Trek signature. I knew I recognized that from something. Yep. Um, so we have to start with the original, the first, the first one, not the first Avenger because that would be Cap. But let's talk about Iron Man, uh, who yes. came out in two thousand eight. Um, his his story arc um, of redemption was amazing, and he sort of went through this whole thing in this film where he sort of felt like the original Tony Stark. He was sort of selfish. Like he was scared, right? Yeah. In the beginning yeah. of the film, but you know, he progressed but, to where he was before. And I want to give. I, I was gonna say I want to give a shout out to the the visual effects team in that for making him look as emaciated as they did. Yeah. I mean, the whole spacing. I'm like, there's something that doesn't look right. And as soon as they showed the scenes at the uh, the Avengers headquarters, I'm like, oh god, he looks horrible. Yeah. Did you guys catch how long he was in space for? Uh, Twenty. Two days. Twenty-two days. Twenty-second film. (laughs) You know, fun things like that. Um, What did you guys think of uh, Tony's, you know, his his arc and his eventual him sacrificing himself with that one, the one snap? Would you, Charles? Let's start with you. Well, it all goes back to that first movie, right? Like, it just sort of he's the one that that started it all, and and I mean, the thing with Tony is is that he's always been the one that's had the most. like his emotions were sort of always right there on the surface. Like he was the one that was always snapping at the other Avengers or or arguing with them. And you always felt like his heart was in the right place, but he just couldn't seem to get along as well as part of the team. Um, It was, he was the one that, that was very much responsible for what was going on with civil war. Um, And then with part of that arc, being able to pull that all back and, and, and he was really the one that, that solved that time travel uh, mystery, you know, maybe a little too quickly, but but was able to, to, to figure out the time travel thing, and 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 he was the one that came in to really save the Avengers. Yeah, there's always been this sense of, um, or at least this theme of family in his films, whether it's him and Pepper, or him and that kid from Iron Man three, mm-hmm. or him and his relationship with um, Peter Parker. Um, what did you think of that evolution in this film, Nick? Uh. I think, you know, I think they, they they got that stuff with him and Peter Parker 
pretty bang on, pretty quick. Mm. And uh, when we were talking about scenes that kind of jazzed us up in the previous movies, I was thinking, you know, my obvious big spectacle one would be call it captain um, in Avengers. But I honestly think that like one of the greatest scenes in the Marvel cinematic universe is Robert Denny Jr. and Tom Holland in a little bedroom. Yeah. Uh, I honestly think that's one of the greatest scenes they've had. And to see him, to see the cameo with the kid from Iron Man 3 at the end was cool. To see him, when you think about all of the guilt he must carry, not just from who he was before he became Iron Man, but Ultron and the indecision and, you know, uncertainty over how to deal with that and the events of Civil War. And, like, I think... I lost it when he hugged Peter at the end. I think uh, I thought that was one of, you know, that was one of the more beautiful moments of the movie because he just, his guard was down completely at that point. Yeah. He just didn't care. He just hugged him because he was there. You know, he had a daughter, but Peter was the son he never had. And the fact that he got to go and have that experience with his own father. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. then get to see Peter come. I mean, there's a lot of really, really heavy things going on there. Father and mm-hmm. son things going on there, mm-hmm. and you know, the ultimate sacrifice any father can give for his son is to, is to give their life. And so, I think it. I mean, I, I think it was great. I think Downey was as good as he's ever been in the role, and you know, he started it. It was only right that he finished it. I think it really dock off too many marks for this movie they kind of got most of it if not all of it right um so yeah i mean i i was affected by that for sure i wish my dad could be around to see these kind of movies because i know mm-hmm. he did too yeah they're, they're they're just you recounting these those moments in the film have given me goosebumps like oh my god <laughs> oh it, 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 he was so good like and i'm so happy that uh for john favreau for casting him and like sticking to his guns and, oh my god you know what was such a nice throwback with john favreau the hamburgers the, uh, cheeseburgers oh, yes. dad like cheeseburgers <sighs> soon he got as soon as he got out of that cake first i want an american cheeseburger you know, yeah. press conference and you know what I'm excited to see Happy Hogan continue on in uh, in Far From Home and, and you know I'm not too focused on what's next because I'm just feeling kind of sa- satisfied right now yeah, for sure yeah. um, another person who had a, a very satisfactory or not satisfactory he had a good journey and he got that he got that dance in the end yeah. was Captain America and I, I kid you not. There was a girl in my row that was sobbing when that happened. And <laughs> nice. You know what? There was no. You know what? I can't fault her for it because it was such a beautiful moment. And let's let's go with the person who talked about this in our in our uh, Deadpool. Let's go with Matt Moore. Let's. What did you think of his his journey from um, first Avenger to to now? Especially this. You know film? what? I, again, it was it was just it was wonderful to watch Chris Evans grow with the character. Mm-hmm. Just both his performance, the quality of it, the nuance was all, and he always stayed true to who Steve Rogers was. There was never a question of him really doubting himself, aside from the few moments where he legitimately was doubting whether he was right or not. Like Winter Soldier, that whole movie was him doubting his own beliefs or capabilities, but just him growing as a character. And then to finally, at the end of it all, have that moment where he makes the decision to go back and I'm going to fix everything. And then he decides to stay and, and you know, Sam and Bucky both knew like he's not coming back. Yeah. 
And then they turn around and there he is with, with the wedding ring, which just reveals that he was in fact, you know, Agent Carter's husband the whole time. Yeah. It, it, it's funny if you go back and look at Winter Soldier when he's talking to her in her, um, in that, in the hospital and they have pictures of her and her kids. They never show the husband. Yeah. Well, dude, in, they do in the TV series either. That was yeah. when I gave that theory. It's because I had been going back and rewatching everything. I'm like, they never show her husband. They never talk about him. They never, never. show him. He exists, but no one knows who he is. I'm like, it has to be cap. Because they make, and especially with the first trailer, the black and white with the red splash, having her have that speech, I'm like, they're bringing Peggy into the trailer. She's going to factor into the film somehow. And she factored in it in the most wonderful way. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't even mention this in the cameo section, but they actually brought someone from the TV shows into the, yes. the film world. They brought Jarvis. Yes. Yeah. This was yeah. so beautiful. I was like, finally, some recognition for the, the, the TV people. The series does, in fact, exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can, I, can I mention something really quick, too, about, about Cap? Yeah, go for um, it. I feel like of of like this movie was full of one-liners, but I feel like he had the best one-liner and it was so simple and the audience went nuts. And the moment that he yells Avengers assemble mm. when oh, the entire crowd was about like, like it, 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 goosebumps, right? It was incredible. But that's what was crazy. He didn't even yell it. He just, yeah, said, just said it. it. Yeah. It wasn't like the big war rallying cry. He was like Avengers assemble. And then he oh. holds his hand out yeah, and it, it, just pops it. into it. And at that moment, everyone in the, every theater across the world loses their mind. Yeah. 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 Like his bottom jaw sticking out and just like, yeah. uh, like for, for assemble. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, they, and they've been building that for so long because he's never said it. Yeah. yeah. He said it. it was on my list. Yeah. I wanted it and I got it. And it was yeah. glorious. It was <laughs> glorious. Um, let's, let's move on. I, I'd love to talk about Cap more, but you know, we talked about the, the, the dance and his, his full circle story. And yeah. it was I think Matt said it all. And it, it, Matt did say it all. And it was, it was well-deserved for that character. He, he deserved that happy ending. There were a couple more comedic bits in this film. But we could talk about <laughs> Thor. We could talk about, uh, um, uh, but we're gonna go with Hulk first, Professor Hulk, which was a, a creation in the comics. But I didn't never, never, never thought they would do it in the film. Mm-hmm. Steve, what did you think of Professor Hulk? Good idea, bad idea? I think it was a very good idea, actually. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there was a lot of comedy, and I think ever since Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, they've uh, maybe been overdoing it a little bit. I mean, it's the formula, right? I mean, uh, we mentioned it earlier, you know, they have these high-tension scenes, and then they'll drop a one-liner, and, you know, that's that's what Marvel movies are like now, and, and it works. It's fun, you know? But, um, yeah, because they had Ant-Man uh, and Professor Hulk, uh, and Thor, uh, and uh, War Machine dropping sarcasm every once in a while. It, it was a lot. Um, I mean, you had a lot going on in the movie too. So, you know, it, it was good to spread it out, I guess. But I, I really like Professor Hulk actually, because that, well, that really was like, I think the best use of Ruffalo, you know, like he, he just seemed like, he also seemed like an evolved character. As yeah. a result, you know, like it, it exactly. gave him this sort of fun place to be where he could just be the best Ruffalo he could be, you know, just sort of chill and, you know, just kind of like being himself. And I was, as you know, the special effects had reached a point where he looked adorable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. every yeah. grin, it was just so funny. Yeah, yeah, there's that whole idea that he was fighting the Hulk the whole time and the idea that they could finally come together, much like mm-hmm. the Avengers came together in this yeah. film, was yeah. like spot on and having him... <laughs> 
<laughs> be the Hulk the whole time just made me super happy. He shows up with the tacos and he gives some tacos. Yeah, it's yeah. so yeah. cute. It's <laughs> such little moments. Oh, it's, it's, I, my favorite was when he went back to the Battle of New York and they watched. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Goes, uh, this seems excessive. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it, that was that was the role that Mark Ruffalo had wanted to do since he signed on to do his first Marvel movie for Pretty sure. sure. Yeah. That was the yeah. one. He's yeah. <laughs> Oh, so good. Um, I guess we're good. Steve, thank you for that. We, I don't think we need to talk about the Hulk anymore. <laughs> so my biggest surprise, or at least the biggest surprise to me, was seeing Thor as the dude. Yeah. <laughs> the dude. Um, oh. Hawk, I know you love um, oh. Lebowski. So what do you think about that whole, <laughs> that whole persona? Yeah. Being it was like, you know, as talk about defying expectations and that, you know, because there's like this image thing that, you know, they want to maintain with their heroes and that. And Chris Hemsworth just like jumped into his comedic side for this and that. Five years into a depression and that, that, that has left him kind of drunken all the time, but big and fat and just stop working out and it completely plays against chris hemsworth's you know image but yeah. it was amazing you know fighting with some online dude over Fortnite. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that, that again props to chris hemsworth and that because he's been de- developing his comedic chops for the last couple of years and that and it's it's just it's just been aces so far and that's you know. best thor is funny thor yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know and as an actor when you're the funniest one and that in ghostbusters answer the call and that that's got to say something mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, especially i found in endgame there was a really good balance between his him playing like the goofy drunken idiot but you could he still had that moments of you know the old thor oh, sure and it was balanced out so well where it wasn't just him being a fat drunken idiot for no reason like there you could see he was in pain. layers under it yeah. that were there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's talk about those layers because a, a lot of that pain was, was, you know, eased when he talked, he finally talked to his mother who, you know, yes. he, had, he harbored a lot of guilt when she died in the uh, third of dark world. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's go with the uh, Nick. About what it. am I talking about? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I was very surprised to see this many, uh, this much throwback to, uh, the dark world. Um, but you know, I, I I love the scene in uh, in Infinity War when it's Rocket talking to to Thor and he's just like, uh, yeah, "Father dead, brother dead. He's been dead before. Mother stabbed by killed by a dark elf. Best friend stabbed through the heart." It's just like you know, <laughs> this straight delivery. But man, the guy has lost literally everything. So can we really blame him for Lebowskiing out of this? Yeah. Um, but you know, mom. The stuff that Rene Russo was in was actually a really big surprise to me, but it, it was all very effective. And I think it, uh, you know, when it ended up with him reaching for the hammer, and he's like, "I'm still worthy." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I thought again, I thought it all worked really well. I can't really, I can't really say too many bad things about it. And I thought Rene Russo was better in that scene than she was in the yeah. like all of the movie. No, she sure. had a she had a director who knew what to do with her. So exactly. <laughs> Um, Steve, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, along with all the other characters we've been talking about who've had, like, a satisfying evolution, um, I think I was a bit surprised with Thor because we didn't expect for him to to look the way he was. But um, 
I mean, after Ragnarok, I was just like, I don't know where they can go with him, you know, because he had sort of he had gone through all these events and um, and he sort of like hit like this this new uh, peak, you know, with Ragnarok. And uh, and then the events of uh, Infinity War, it was like, I don't know where they can go with this. And then they actually took him, you know, to become the dude. And I think <laughs> that is what is. I think the most amazing thing, I mean, I had thought that he was going to get taken out as well. So I'm glad to see that with him changing into this sort of uh, this different character and now going off in space adventures. I think uh, that's great. I think that's a great evolution for the character. And I look forward to seeing more of it. For yeah. sure. I had I had wanted him to join the Guardians of the Galaxy since Infinity War, and I never thought it would happen. But I was just, like, oh my god, that's so cool! Now <laughs> let us also give props because even Fat Thor still got into battle, and yep. he was still lifting two magic. And he looked like a badass Viking doing yeah. it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, he he throws on. He's got the braided beard. His hair's up in this crazy ponytail. I know my like, Halloween costume this year. Yeah. <laughs> when he threw um, Cap the hammer and was like, "You take the small one," I was like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, so let's 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 round out with the the last two um, people of the original six, and they are the the normal people <laughs> in the in the in the group, but they were super spies. So you know they have that Hawkeye and Black Widow. I put them together because they are a pairing that should be talked because they have this big relationship that happened before the films, and they build on that in this film. Matt Moore. What did you think of their story arc? And- you know, I I loved the fact that Jeremy Renner was finally, finally able to come into his own in this franchise. Yes. I, I hate that we had to wait so long for it after the, you know, the little tease we got in the original Thor, the original Thor film where he showed up. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He plays, he's been playing Hawkeye consistently great. He played Ronan phenomenally well. Perfect. For a very difficult to play character. Um, the fact that he was able to stand toe to toe with these a lot of these characters who he hasn't had a lot of screen time with since Age of Ultron, realistically. Um, and then the fact that you you had you know Clint and Natasha as the ones that went to Vormir, uh, that I I could not have seen that coming. No, like that blew my mind. And the fact that right down to the wire, it was them fighting over which one was gonna. Sacrifice. sacrifice. It, it yeah. was the most emotional fight for me. Um, watching the two friends trying to make the other one trying not to die. to stop the other one from sacrificing. It was, and then you know the fact that you know she catches him and then attaches him to the rock and just lets go. Uh, it beautiful. was. It was, and it was such a beautiful counterpoint to what had happened with Gamora in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Whereas, you know, you have her fighting against going and you have the two of them fighting for which one is going to be able to do it. And it was just so heartbreaking. Like that was one of the few times I got Misty in the film was that right there. I was like, no. Yeah. 100% the same. Can't break up the six. (sighs) I think ScarJo and Jeremy Renner, like uh, we've said it about the main three. I like, I think they give their best performances in these respective characters in this movie. Mm -hmm. Scarlett Johansson was breaking my heart every time she opened her mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah, think, I think yeah. collectively everyone, especially the original six, because they've been in since the beginning, they all really brought their A game to this film, knowing that this was going to be yeah. the last one for most of them. Yeah. And they certainly did not, you know, phone it in for a paycheck on this. They yeah. earned every inch of celluloid that they were put on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyone else want to chime in on Hawkeye and Black Widow? Hawk? 
Uh, well, they've always known like what they're up against since the very first Avengers movie, and that you know this is magic and monsters and things we've never been trained in, and that, and yet they've always held their own beautifully, and that, and to give them that that moment on Formier mm-hmm. is perfect. Um, you know, I am so sad to see Scarlet Joe. Um, Technically, exit the MCU. Although we don't know what's going on with yeah. the Black Widow movie. It's, 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 prequel, it's right? a prequel. Yeah, it's it's a, a, well, it's going to have to be a prequel at this point. They made it very clear that yeah. she's definitively gone. Yeah, but if you have to go, what a way. Exactly, yeah. Steve. Yeah, no. Uh, in my Deadpool, uh, I had predicted it would be Hawkeye who would be killed because I was aware of a, a Black Widow movie. So that completely that completely yeah. screwed me up. So that was good. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, they messed up my Deadpool, so it was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, um, I, I think Hawkeye is one of my favorite characters in the comic world. Um, he was just such a regular person, but such an amazing agent. And when he when he gave up the Hawkeye persona and ended up being a spy, he, he still embodied that that being Clint. And you know, mm-hmm. seeing Jeremy Renner actually, you know, get to be that on screen and given the opportunity was was great for a Hawkeye fan. And, you know. Yeah. Like he was the family man. Right. And right. we, we yeah. saw that in, in some of the previous films, like when they all went to the farmhouse and met the family and everything. And so when this movie started and it started right on that note where he was having this family time and was spending time with his kids and, and then they all got dusted right in front of his eyes and uh, heartbreak. Like, as as a father myself, like I was like, oh my god, this this is where this movie's taking me, uh-huh. and I'm only like three minutes into the movie, <laughs> and I'm already feeling sort of how he would be feeling, knowing that he, you know, the panic of knowing he doesn't know where his family is and where his kids are, and and so um, that 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 was an emotional connection for me. Well, and yeah. even more heartbreaking because he would have had no clue what was going on because yeah. he had no contact with them. So yeah. He literally would have been left abandoned by himself, not knowing what was happening. Yeah, he thought he was out. Mm-hmm. When he goes back in time to his farm and gets oh. the baseball glove, oh my God, the heartstrings were just getting pulled the whole time. Yeah. yeah. For his daughter. Oh, that hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts so much, but it hurts so good. <laughs> it hurts good. So, a lot of this film um, centers on the idea of time travel. And time travel has been one of those things in films that have been, you know, Hotly debated. You know, they, they actually talk about it at the beginning of this film where they sort of bash Back to the Future and then end up doing Back to the Future 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that like, you're basing this entire plan off Back to the Future? <laughs> and so, Hot Tub um, Time Machine. And so, time Machine. Which so what Bastion Stan was in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot to unwind here because there's a lot of implications with them going back in time, um, not branching off because they returned the stones, but being five years in the future and then having people come back. What did you guys think of the time travel use in the film? Steve, let's start with you. Well, I was just going to say about the five-year gap, though. Um, I thought that was uh, really important because it, it gives the the, the tragedy uh, and the winning of Infinity War, uh, or losing, I guess, depending on which side you're on, um, more weight, you know, because if they had just retconned that out and not really had any real consequences, um, I think that would have, you know, hurt the gravity of the previous film. Uh, and, and a lot of things in this film had gravity, especially, you know, the sacrifice of Black Widow and, and you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah, the time travel uh, I thought was interesting. Um, 
I guess the one thing that I'm curious about is how it lines up with Loki getting the Tesseract at the point that he does. Um, so uh, that's that's the one thing I think has the most potential. I do hope they use that, uh, you know, in a really fun way. But uh, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Uh, Doesn't that one get erased anyway? Because I, they I went further think, back. Yeah, I think because they went back and well, yes and no. Because realistically, I don't know if that would erase that from ever happening. It could have been a separate timeline. Because yeah, because he returned it to the point they stole it from which was the 40s which means 70s that, or sorry sorry the 70s right yeah because they returned it to the 70s but they never fixed that instance in time that does create a paradox that they never fixed which i'm sure they will address in the loki tv series on disney plus yeah that's where i think they're prob- going that's with. probably i think where that that yeah. out was is that if they do that then that now leaves that back door open for him to still be alive, be alive. yeah exactly uh, yeah. Um, let, let's, sorry. Let's go. I don't even know what to talk about with it because there's there's, there's a yeah. lot of implications. But well, yeah. let's talk about the five year gap, right? That sure. is a big thing because <laughs> we know that Spider Man Far From Home is coming out, and his whole class is there. That means they were all snapped together. Yeah. And they all come back five mm-hmm. years younger. Yeah. Well, it's well, no, it'd be the same age. Yeah. The, sorry. Um, they should be older. But they're still the yeah. Other like it'll be five years in the future, but they'll all just reappear. Yeah. This was the one thing that, like, I well, I didn't even think about it that much because I don't like to think about this stuff too much. I just like to enjoy the ride. Ah, but uh, what if, but what if I Ned was? Like, uh, Wait a minute, he, he vanished Ned, during the first. Yeah. And Ned's the same age yeah. as him. Yeah, what Ned, what Ned yeah. Be, that's the yeah. thing. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, oh, Ned yeah. got there. You go. He got ashed. Yeah. There you go. But that means yeah. this whole class, because everyone in the trailer, including the teacher, are all the same age from. Yeah. Is, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't care. They earned it. I'll suspend disbelief. I will as well. There's, there's some weird like they, since they haven't talked about phase four, and they said the only yeah. thing they've said is that it's a five year plan. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're gonna have to do some timeline. They got Doctor Strange. They can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said something earlier, which is sort of my attitude about this. Like, if you start to think about the time travel stuff, there's a lot of really heavy actual ramifications of the five year gap. I mean, like you know, food. Uh, relationships, you know, because they're the people who survived, you know, are, are quite damaged by all of that. And because we don't really know what they're going to do because it was such a clean cut, you know, mm-hmm. for this era of the MCU, I don't really want to think too much about it. I just kind of want to enjoy where things are at. <laughs> I, I feel like so I remember, I think when we talked about this earlier, that the Russos had said that uh, Endgame was not the end of the Infinity Saga, that Far From Home was. Yeah, yeah. I think so Far From Home is going to be... One. I think it is going to be that kind of now we're dealing with sort of some real world implications of yes, they won and yes, everyone's back, but now everyone's back. And now that one is kind of the picking up the pieces and figuring out what's going on moving forward. All order, man. I mean, like the whole yeah. universe just doubled its population and uh, that's yeah. gonna, it's pretty yeah. heavy. Yeah. It's gonna yeah, definitely impact food. And there's, and well, and there's, yeah, there's five years of entropy with everything that's existed where there's been no maintenance on it. So I, I'm yeah. sure there'll be a solution i'm intrigued to see what it will be or they'll ignore it and just whatever <laughs> i mean yeah. i think i think it will inform villains and plots in the future just yeah. because i think too big a, a situation that they left yeah. you know i i'm 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 wondering more on i'm gonna go with shows on this one i'm gonna t- ask you something so there's the whole idea of um ant-man coming back five years later and his daughter being grown i wonder how this would impact a lot of the families that we see on on screen right oh, sure thoughts, yeah thoughts shows could you imagine coming back and being like oh my kid is five years older now 
Yeah, like that's yeah, that's that's gonna that would be huge. And and I'm thinking it'd be the same kind of thing for for Hawkeye, right? Like he's gonna be five years older and had, had experienced all of that dark Ronin stuff, and then his family will just reappear like nothing ever happened. And you know, like all, all of that is going to be emotional baggage for everybody involved, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it gets it's, pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. there's some. Yeah. Is, is, is it okay for me to talk a little bit about? Um, some of the time travel plot holes that that, that appear in this mm-hmm. movie, and and I mean I, I like like I said I love this movie and and I tend to get lost in these kind of plot holes and mm-hmm. okay there are three of them that, that pop into my mind one of them is the idea that they could have totally just went and got more pim particles first right off the bat <laughs> yeah they didn't need to say you know this is it we only have one shot at this because they do end up going to get more pim particles so they could have potentially got as many as they needed and then had as many tries as they wanted but that that's all a plot you know that's part yeah. of the I plot. feel like they were in such a rush to try yeah. and get all of this together it's not one of those yeah. come they, 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 they did explain that. that out where they're like no there is another place we can go like it did take them a few a little while to remember that they oh, had to figure that out that. yeah I, I guess the, the second and third ones were just the returning of the of the infinity stones like being able to return how, how do you how do you um, return the the stuff that that uh, rocket had to yeah. extract from Natalie Portman yeah and how do you return now yeah <laughs> and how do you I return like, the full stone um, a, a non PG podcast can explain how that gets back into right. Nelly Portman. So. I think the Soul Stone was the easiest one to must to have returned in that. Yeah, really you just give it back to yeah. There's no sneaking, there's no sneaking around. Nothing for it in that. Yeah, you just go back to form. Weirdo, here's your gem back. Yeah. <laughs> can we well, get I'm our been, can we get our Black Widow back? Well, that's the Why thing. I've, I've been reading articles leaving? about a potential refund on the Soul Stone, and it's like, really, people are going to think they're going to get a refund? Like you're going to get uh, Black Widow back? <laughs> no, but but he does say that um those those are final, right? Yeah, I just so. throw it back and. <laughs> oh man um any mo- any other ones shows that just, just, just those ones popped into my mind i mean they're minor they're they're not they're not huge or anything like that um, <laughs> i have to say just when we're on this theme i did love the the f- way that they were so able to succinctly describe the time variance with the ancient one and hulk when they had that conversation where she yeah. like in a way that was like this is what you need to know and there was no real debate. We're like, yeah, but what about this? Like, no, it's like, if you branch anywhere, you create alternate timelines that will not be the same. I'm like, you summarized time travel in a way that most films in the last 20 years have not been able to do it. And you yeah. did it with a CGI line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a visual. Yeah, 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 yeah. The only other great um, explanation about parallel universes are, is the French fry scene in Spider-Man. Um, you know. Yeah. What's it called? Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, yeah. Into the yeah. Spider-Verse scene. Which I'm sure they probably took, you know, took a cue from. It's like, hey, this works. Okay, let's do it in the real movie. Do you know where they took that from? Where? Legion, the TV show. There you go. So oh. there's Fox, a little bit tidbit for all you nerds right? out there. Um, let's go. Let's 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 continue on. Let's talk about this this as the end of an era. Now that the original Avengers are scattered, some are dead, some are old men, old men, old men. Now, um, what does this mean for the future of Avengers? Like. Who, who do we see taking over these mantles? Like, who's going to lead? And oh, you know what? I, I personally this is just... purely speculation. Sorry. I love the fact that we now have uh, Falcon as Captain America. Yeah. Uh, for a, several reasons. A, because I really, really am so happy to see Anthony Mackie getting, like, 
a good franchise, some good franchise work. He and Sebastian Stan are going to have that show on Disney Plus. I'm a big fan of the fact that we now have an African American Captain America, uh, especially given that it's 2019. I think that's going to be very interesting to see that moving forward. Mm-hmm. He was a good cap in the comics too. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think having him and Bucky as a as his counterpoint, uh, it's going to be a very very interesting series now. And I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing that. It's not just going to be a bunch of sassy banter back and forth. Mm, yeah, that's true. What about um, the other members of the team? Anyone? I don't really think there's no. as much speculation here as we might think. I mean, for starters, like we do have Spider-Man and Far From Home will be the end of the Infinity Saga, as, as we were discussing. But Black Panther 2 is a movie that's definitely happening. Yes. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a movie that's definitely happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Doctor Strange sequel is definitely happening. Mm-hmm. A Captain Marvel sequel is definitely happening. Yeah, and probably at least one more Spider-Man film. So that could easily fill out five years right there. That's yeah. Ed Plus if you're going to do a Black Widow prequel yeah. film, not to mention all these Disney Plus shows. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, they've they've pretty much got a a plan already in motion. It's just a matter of figuring out the timelines on Your all. New that. Avengers are uh, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Spider Man, and Scarlet Witch. Scarlet uh, Witch. Witch. And, I, yeah. I think there's supposed to be a Scarlet Witch Vision like TV show, yeah. 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 show as well. Yeah, yeah so there's, there's been speculation on that because you know that was one of the lingering questions I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vision's gone. Yeah, Vision's yeah, gone. Exactly. Well, possibly not Dude, because yeah, Infinity gone. War entertained the idea in that that he was much more than the stone. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and uh, the I fact remember, that he's yeah. he, his body wound up in Wakanda, you know, even mm-hmm. white nation than that, in the hands of Suri, who yeah. is, in that universe is like the world's leading expert on artificial intelligence. So well, and remember, that even in Infinity War, she had been rushing to get his consciousness downloaded into their servers because they knew right. there was a chance yeah. he wasn't going to make it. So mm-hmm. I think that that series is going to definitely have you know Vision making a comeback somehow, whether it's in his you know old school. Jarvis form or re, or getting Shuri to rebuild him a new body which would be kind of nice to see her mm-hmm. carried into the series as well too as with the construction of a new vision yeah and, sorry getting back to your new Avengers uh, lineup I, of course you still have Hawkeye yeah. yes well yes. yeah Hawkeye series as well coming out on Disney awesome Plus. Right. So again, the speculation part is how this is going to be divvied up between the, the stream <clears throat> stuff and like yeah. the actual cinematic. Mm-hmm. Do you still have Hulk? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I hope yeah. He continues. The only one, the only other film uh, I was aware of because of my you know avoidance of all the news is uh, the Shang Chi uh, right. movie. Yeah. So that's the one that they've been actually openly talking about. So that will be the one new character that's completely. Yeah. You know, part of the, the the total clean slate that will be added to all of this. And uh, it's, so it's cool. nice having some Asian representation on screen. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. makes me happy. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I don't have this on our outline, but it was a question that came into my head as we were talking about the new Avengers. Um, they made a big deal about Captain Marvel coming into the <laughs> right. So they had this film, her film set right before this, and uh-huh. you know they had that end credit sequence they're like oh yeah she's there to yeah. to kick butt and then she sort of disappears for I'm, not, I'm not upset you know what I, yeah, I'm not upset either, but I I just wanted to get your thoughts on I, this. I understand now why they did what they did with the Captain Marvel movie because of what she was doing in Endgame. And I remember we had talked about that when we had that episode was that I'm sure that what they're showing here is necessary and it very much was 
when it came to Endgame with what she does, especially in the final battle. Mm-hmm. You know that she can do that, so you're not surprised when she does do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was should um, be noted I, that uh, Brie Larson filmed Avengers Endgame yeah, before first. she filmed yeah. her own movie. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I remember we had talked about that. It was with the they were kind of going backwards, like you know where she has to end up with Endgame. So now, how do we get her there in a way that's going right. to make sense in an hour and a half? I also the one thing I was going to mention earlier, and I this reminded me, I was a big fan of the fact that they didn't put the end credit sequence from Captain Marvel. Marvel into Endgame. Like that wasn't just they pulled footage out of her sure, showing. Yeah, her. Sure, yeah. I love the fact that because they even with um uh Civil War with but with Bucky, with that scene with Bucky where they'd found him, they put that that was in the movie. This one they just assumed if you've you've seen Captain Marvel, so we don't need to show you her right. showing up. Yeah. You know that she's just there. Was so, anyone sorry, go ahead. Oh, that was just, I was, I was really impressed that they were going back to the, we're assuming you've seen this post-credit sequence by now, so we're not going to rehash it and just fill up more time. Plus sure. they released all of them online and told everyone to watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what was surprising to me is that um, a lot of the footage from the trailers was actually in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, even though they said they didn't really have any fake out stuff, I thought yeah. there would be more. I wasn't expecting to see like the clip they showed on Jimmy Kimmel actually be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad I missed that trailer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny because uh, the the Russo brothers were like, "Yeah, we filmed some extra stuff in the trailers just to throw everyone off." Yeah, I don't remember. But it's 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 because they did it for Infinity War, we all just believed them. Yeah. yeah, but that was almost smarter than that way. They're like, we don't have to worry about actually doing it. We just tell them we, they, we've done it and they're going to believe us at this point. So that was kind of brilliant on their part. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So let's, 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 we're going to end off this podcast because we've been talking about this amazing movie for such a long time, but this is a movie that made the audience that I was with. And I'm pretty sure everyone here like cheer and like get up and scream and just, you know, like that we were happy nerds at many, many points of the time. So I wanted to ask you guys what, you think was the loudest cheer that that happened in your in your auditorium and matt i would like you to go get your wife for this i'm i'm gonna go acquisition her right now because i think her and i are gonna share the exact same opinion so hold on one second so because everyone else always goes first before you know me i'm gonna go first because screw you guys is my podcast So the the loudest cheer, and I think um, me and hawk went to the same screening so he can attest to this was when all when uh, when Captain Marvel got the glove and they're like, who's gonna back you up? And all the female characters from yes from the MCU mm-hmm. gathered together just for that amazing sequence and it majestic was, maidens of Marvel. It was so oh. it was so awesome because I was surrounded by uh, like green geek, like geek girls and they were just like oh my god finally I I just wanted to ask you Jen what what did you think like when you saw that. I had a little squeal, which is funny because I was telling Matt not to squeal most of the movie. <laughs> I definitely squealed at that moment. Oh, we both squealed at that moment because... It was just... It was good because there weren't a lot of the girls getting their own movies leading up to it. So I feel like that was the franchise kind of recognizing that fact mm-hmm. and finally being like, yes, they've been here the whole time. We're finally recognizing that they're here. And they're all together and they're going to kick more ass than the guys have been. So mm-hmm. here you go. I was talking to one of my friends and she said it was sort of like the Wonder Woman moment where she saw Wonder Woman. It was like, mm-hmm. you know what? No man's land. I've never, I've never, yeah. yeah, I've never experienced this before on screen. And like Steve was saying that we have an Asian superhero coming out. 
And I think that's probably going to garner the same feeling for me because I don't think I've ever seen like my representation on screen for sure. Um, like, like, unless like, it's a kung fu movie, <laughs> but it will be. It's going to be more of a Jackie Chan spy kung fu movie as opposed to what he really is. I think so. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Awesome. even Iron Fist, you expected a little more Asian. Oh and, yeah, and, oh and boy, that, that was my. See, <laughs> <laughs> oh. see, for me in that sequence when you know they they all lined up there, immediately my brain went, "Oh God, this is the best teaser for an A Force film I've ever seen." Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm yeah. I'm hoping that 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 would be something we should add to our predictions uh, yeah, right there. I yeah. I think they could definitely get away with doing one they would need to really make sure they spend the time to build it up as opposed to just let's throw a bunch of these characters together on screen and hope it works mm-hmm. but just that yeah that image was just beautiful mm-hmm. yes, it, it, was, was, it was amazing um yeah. Hawk, you were at the same screening as me what was your what did you think was gar- uh, garnered the biggest cheer uh i was debating what was the biggest cheer was it like was it cap when he when molinar came to his hand and that uh was it you know avengers assemble we've been talking about that personally for me it had to be when you know uh Thanos' army came down. It was just like, what was it? The five of them on the on the on the on the battlefield at the time, and that the magic Doctor Strange portals appear, and that everybody yeah. just started pouring through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Steve. You know, Doctor Strange stepped through first, and then it, like all those portals start opening up, and the Wakandan army comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people yeah. went nuts when. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Shows. So what about you? What did you think, Aaron? The biggest cheer. Yeah, you've you've sort of taken mine. Um, yeah, it, it was it, it was some combination of of the one that Hawk just said with the the Doctor Strange portals, uh, when when Cap uh, was holding the hammer, um, but then the other one uh, in my screening that got a huge um, scream was when um, uh, when Thor held up Stormbringer and and that's when his uh, his beard got braided and and he got all electric and everything. Everyone started going crazy with that too. For sure. What about you, Nick? Um. The the Marvel ladies was phenomenal. Uh, for me, I really think it was a two way tie between Cap summoning Mjolnir and the Avengers assemble. But there was a really really big uh, uproar in my theater. Like I am inevitable, and I oh yeah, I was the, yeah. Iron Man yeah yeah for sure oh sure uh, yeah. yeah. What about you, Steve? Uh, it's all been said. Uh, I think for me, my biggest swell for myself was when uh, Captain America picked up the hammer. Um, but I think uh, it was uh, the portals. Uh, Wilson goes on your left, right? And oh, then, yeah. Yeah. then Black Panther uh, walks out and then, yeah, they all start opening. Yeah. So people, when they heard that line, um, that that really brought like, yeah, a lot of cheers. So that yeah, was the our, our, our theater was dead silent. And then you just hear the crackle. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. And I'm going to end off with the Moors. What did you guys get for the, the loudest reaction from the for, for me, the one that rem- I remember the most, and again, because there was a lot of, there was a lot of lady nerds and younger kids in the Moose Theater. It was all the portals open. Everyone comes through. And the last person to come through that portal was Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, yes. and everyone just was like, yeah. Yes, yes. Awesome. So adorable. But you know he's coming back. Yeah. I was crying before the moment. And then mm-hmm. when Peter came out, that's yeah. when I was in full of everyone that was the one that everyone yeah. was waiting to see when so, he hugged him when oh, Tony yeah. hugged him oh. yeah. 
Yeah. And I was just like, ah, hey, contacts, so much pain. <laughs> Can I just uh, mention one scene like earlier on in the movie that I loved? And one thing I was really looking forward to was Tony meeting Rocket Raccoon. And the exchange was half a second. And it just gave me everything. It was like, like, oh, my God, until you spoke right now, I thought you were a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe I am. And that was it. It was done. I was like, that was amazing. So okay. good. Can I add one more to that? Go for it. Uh, when Quill reconnects with Grimora. He meets him in the groin and set, looks at Nebula and says, him? Yeah. <laughs> it was either him or a tree. Let's just throw it out to our listeners. What were your favorite moments of the film? What did you think of um, Endgame? Send us a email contact us on our facebook or twitter or instagram we're always on all the socials i'd like to thank shouse steve the moors hawk and our special guest nick for coming on and talking about this beautiful beautiful film thank you guys thank you thank, thank you so you. much for having thank you and once again i'd like to thank all of you for listening and i say adieu have a good one bye Avengers disassemble well, disassemble uh <laughs> bye <laughs> Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what here, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.